Good morning, everybody. Um, I just recently hired cleaners to help me clean my house because I just decided I couldn't do it anymore. I've got these two boys running around getting everything dirty. So I hired this woman. She's been doing great. She came the other day and um, I walked past the coat closet and she literally jumped out at me. She was in the coat closet and jumped out at me. You know what she said? Supplies. <laughs> <laughs> The Daily Huddle is a growing tribe of passionate people who want to uplift humankind through their work and throughout their communities. We invite you to elevate the way you experience life through rich and inspiring conversations with today's thought leaders. Be prepared to challenge your views about leadership, health, money, spirituality, communication, and relationships. Welcome to The Daily Huddle. everybody. So great to see you all here on the Daily Huddle on Wednesdays, where we talk about everything relationships and communication. Tara and I are so passionate about this because we know that good communication builds better relationships, which build better businesses, communities, families, and friends. All right. Well, great. So we're here. We're present. We're here to talk about how do you fuel your confidence? And I'm going to turn it over to Tara to kick us off with this juicy question and how we see it and what you can do to fuel your confidence. Thank you, Catherine. Good morning, everyone. We are excited about this topic, um, so much so that Catherine and I spent some time, <clears throat> like we always do, but sometimes we'll spend time on a topic and then it just bubbles over and we think, oh, we just should have recorded this. And this was one of those times. Um, some of you may remember that a few weeks back, we talked about an organization that was launched called No More Lonely Friends. And the conversation was so rich and the outreach after it, it just continued to help us to really want to think about friendship. And so we're taking friendship into the conversation around confidence. And before I share a story, that's going to really highlight what um, what we think might be something to consider. I want to share something a little bit more vulnerable about myself. We talk about vulnerability, and it's not just us. It is every organization today knows the power of it. It is one of the most talked about topics as it relates to relationships and performance and teams today. And sometimes I feel like vulnerability is misunderstood. So as I typically do, I've researched the science of it and quite frankly, how it relates to me. And for anyone who knows me, they know that I'm probably more vulnerable and more open than most people. And on the surface, I could take some pride and confidence in that and think, hmm, you know, I, I'm strong. I can be vulnerable. But I ask myself hard questions sometimes, and I've learned why I am that way. And a big part of it is that I am innately highly social, but an introvert. And I'm more of an introvert. And I know that because having surfacey cocktail party, light conversations for any length of time exhausts my brain. And there's science in that. And so for me to be less than open and honest, I'm signing myself up for exhausting my brain. And that's a big reason why I am innately more vulnerable. It is tiring to me to think about not being forthright and sharing something that's not completely truthful. So while I'm naturally 
vulnerable, there are areas where it's still hard for me. And I'm going to share with you one of those times. I don't know about you all, but for me, it's hard to admit areas where I'm less than confident out loud. We can say it, but we really, really don't want to own it. And recently, I was sitting with a dear friend that you all know, Catherine Sable. So this was a couple months ago, actually. And we were talking about our businesses. And we, part of our friendship, one of the many gifts is that we, we, we push each other with love to step out and create the life we dream about. And Catherine asked me this question. She said, where do you see your business? Like ideally. And I said, ideally, I'm taking my training and my workshops and my speaking to big corporations. And I'm providing sessions to big corporations. And Catherine said, well, what's stopping you? And I thought for a minute and I said, I'm not corporate. And I think many people would have at that point said, oh, yes, you are. You can do it. Go for it. Um, but Catherine didn't do that. She said, what do you mean you're not corporate? And I said, I just, I, so this was where my lack of vulnerability popped in. I said, you know, I'm, I'm just more creative. I'm kind of a rebel. I just don't fit in corporate. And Catherine pushed again because that was a cop out. It really was. And she said, why do you believe that about yourself? And so without taking too much time, I thought for a minute, minute and I told her the truth. And the truth is that I was brought into a large corporation to be a national sales trainer many years ago, about, I guess we're going on eight or nine years now. And I was successful in that role for a little while. And one day I was at the microphone at a podium at a huge meeting. The CEO walked in, saw me speak, looked at my supervisor and said, that's your VP of sales. My supervisor said, she's not ready. It's not a good fit. The CEO said, surround her with good people, make it happen. And shortly after that, I was named vice president of sales. And it was a disaster. I hated it. All the spreadsheets, all the meetings, all the problems, all the problem solving, all the conforming, all the ass kissing to the right political people, the <laughs> list goes on. And I said to Catherine, I said, that experience scarred me. It's caused me not to believe that I can help corporate. And Catherine said, I can see you in corporate. She said, maybe you don't want to work for a corporation, but I absolutely can see you with a corporation. And she went on to share reasons, specific reasons why she believed I could do it. And do you think that fueled my confidence? So I'm going to tell you something, Catherine, that you don't know. Um, it fueled my conference confidence in such a way that I have started to manifest this dream. And since that conversation, you know about one of these. I've been invited to work with a little company called Kimberly Clark. And last week I gave a talk and I have been invited to do some work with another little company called Chick-fil-A. Whoa. That comes from having a friend that fueled my confidence. And so that's what we want to talk about today is friendships and how we can design them to help us to live more of the life that we dream about. Do you remember that day, Catherine? Very clearly. Wow. I'm really I'm like, where do we go from here? I'm struck by, you know, the outcome of that story, you know, that I didn't know. And also as you, yeah, well, I'm just struck by that, that, wow, that's incredible that the belief that was in your head was in your way. You said you were vulnerable, took the time, 
and then you shed some light on it and you allowed that feedback to come in and then bam, it's out of the way. And then we start manifesting. Absolutely. I think about that moment though. And what I really want to highlight is not me at all. I was just the one that had the courage to tell my, in a very trusted friendship, why I really didn't believe in myself. But to me, the bigger takeaway is not only how to find friends that fuel your confidence, but how to be that friend. Mm-hmm. That's what you modeled that day. I mean, you could have taken so many other easy ways out of that conversation, mm-hmm. but you just kept pushing me with love. And that's what you always do. You bring wisdom and love. <laughs> so tell us how you do that. Tell, tell us how you are able to be such a treasured friend. Oh gosh. I thought, okay. So we took it off of you. Now you put it on me. Okay. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, you know, honestly, I love what you're saying actually in that moment, because you're saying, I don't want this to be about me. And that's how I do that. Because in that moment, it's nothing about what I can get out of this conversation, you know, or even can I give you the right wisdom, information, guidance, you know, I get really curious. I was really curious about you that day. And I, and I, and I was really also really genuinely like perplexed because I really do genuinely see you that way. Like, I can't even imagine why you wouldn't think you belong in, in corporate. So I got curious about that. Um, and I love what you're saying about how do we find those friends and, and I want to extend that. And how do we allow ourselves to be in that moment? Because that's what you did when you, you you put on the bullshit answer and then you got vulnerable. And that wouldn't have happened without that. So how do we allow ourselves to really, this is, it, vulnerability can suck, you know, it takes trust, but man, there's so much cool stuff on the other side. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, you have taught me how to be a better friend, um, but I'll tell you what else it's, and, and we talked about this on the phone. What else it's really caused me to focus on right now is the real value and importance in our lives of having friends outside of that significant other. It's that platonic love. Mm-hmm. You turned me on to Marissa Franco, and I did listen to um, her message about platonic love. And we just, maybe even more in the male world, we're afraid to use that word. And as much as I'm in love with my husband, he can't fuel all my needs, nor can I his. And this is a great example is our, our conversation. He's a German engineer and he doesn't really understand what I do. And when I say, like, for example, I'll say, and I had this big talk last week. I'm like, I'm nervous. It's, you know, it's a great opportunity. And you know what he says? He's like, you'll kick ass. You're good at that shit. <laughs> That's all he's got. <laughs> You're great at that shit. <laughs> he doesn't get it. We need other relationships. Um, to fuel our confidence in different ways. Yeah. And I love what you bring up, um, Marissa Franco, because um, so I listened to um, actually Tom and I went to listen to her um, speak on Sunday at his church and she wrote a book called Platonic. And this it's like this whole area, what she's highlighting, this whole area that skipped over. And her, her message is that we have this, you know, um, romantic love and it's steamy and it's awesome and, you know, passionate. And then you have this other love in our culture, you know, called platonic love, if that's the name we call it, but it's like miss, it's like love that's missing something. It doesn't have the steamy, passionate stuff. So it's just, it's a little, it's a step down from romantic love. And it's a really interesting concept that she's actually highlighting. No, it is full and complete and whole and nothing to be scared of. You can say, I love you to a friend. 
I used to be afraid to say I love you to a friend because I didn't want it to come across wrong and I didn't want to be like overbearing or, you know, like sound weird. And now I give it freely if I mean it because I do. I love you. I love this friend and all of my friends and share that and think, wow, it's so cool to think about that as a whole complete love. And I thank you for sharing that. You know, I, 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 it always go to a little bit of the science of it. And so, and I've shared this before, but when we meet people, whether it's someone who might be our friend or someone who might be romantic in the beginning, we're getting to know each other and it's exciting. Mm -hmm. There is no bond. There's no trust. There's no connection, not initially, but it's exciting. And that's what keeps drawing us in. So if you and I, because we've only known each other, what, three years, maybe. I mean, it hasn't been that long. If you and I would have started off like telling all the great things about our kids and our work, that would have been fun for a while, but it would have fizzled out, right? Right, right. And then I don't think we would have had, we would have kept a connection, but it is because we work hard to be connected to each other and continue to get to know each other that now what we're getting from it is not as exciting and new, but it's something much more valuable. It's that oxytocin, vasopressin flowing. Like if I need somebody, I call you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Period. Yeah. Well, and I think you're raising a good point about how friendships take just what other relationships do. Um, and she even lays that out. Um, she laid it out in her talk um, that we watched that was, or was, you know, it takes, you know, regular, regular encounters with someone often not planned, you know, and then it also takes intentionality of how do we, so how do you grow that friendship? Because one of the takeaways that I would want people to have today is, you know, there's the awareness of what do I need in my life right now? Who are the types of friends? And then do I have some of those? And if I do, what can I do to nurture those friendships? You know, that's regular reaching out. That's, you know, going to lunch every now and again, sending a text, whatever it is to nurture that relationship. And if I don't have anybody in my life like that, you know, that becomes the intention. Starting to write, I like to think of it as writing the writing your order for, for what you would like. What do I want in a friend? What do I need? Who do I want? Who has some of those characteristics already? And, and to start to, to manifest that, to call that into your life, you know? Yeah, I, I'm thinking about, you know, how, how exactly this is done. And one of the words that Marissa peels back is the word intimacy. Mm-hmm. And we even you, I mean, it's even used. I mean, it has more than one definition, but it's even used in a sexual connotation sometimes. So we're a little bit afraid of the word. Um, but intimate really is, is a deep personal connection. And you and I have a connection that I don't have with other friends. I have something with them that maybe I don't have with you, but we have our own unique, really kind of customized connection. And it's, it's important to our well-being to have those type of connections. And I, I mm-hmm. ask myself, you know, how do we, how do we make that happen in relationships? Yeah. I'll share one thing about intimacy that a company I work with um, has used it. And maybe, maybe it's heard other places too, but to take the word that may have some stigma and turn it into, into me see. That's what intimacy into me see. So it's, it it just, it, it takes the stigma away for me. It's just, I'm just letting you see into me. Mm -hmm. I want to see into you, you know? So, yeah, I think, I think it's beautiful. And I see we've got some questions from folks. It looks like Rashida has her hand up. We'd love to hear from you. Tara, 
good morning, my family daily huddle. I am so, so happy to share space with you all guys, Tara and Kara. It's amazing how you touched that point. I well taken, well taken. And why I say that is that I have two of my friends and the and the daily huddle for the past two weeks since I joined the daily huddle. I've been pulling them with me. Mm-hmm. I have Chase, it's um a dear friend of mine. We don't even call ourselves friends, we call ourselves brothers and sisters. And I have also Janice and, and the daily huddle also with me. Um don't get me wrong. Laura is my girlfriend her, so she's not on the call today. But each one of these individuals, they are my friend in different spectrum of my life. Yeah, yeah. I can speak about each one of them in a different format, mm-hmm. in a different feeling, in a different texture. I know who I can call and say, listen, I have an emergency. You think you can help me? And they can also call me and they can feel the same way. So that mm-hmm. friendship that we build, and I say, my youngest friendship that I have is Janice and she is two years. This month make it two years since we've been friends. And I cannot get rid of her. <laughs> I love it. You know, you're pointing to something, Rashida's well, pointing to something really um, beautiful, the, the different seasons of friendship and the different types of friends that we have. You know, Marissa said in her talk that uh, people generally turn over friends, about 50% of their friends every seven years. Isn't that incredible? that we really do have friends in different seasons of our lives and that's okay. You know, it's our precious energy to, to protect and to use as we want. So thank you so much for bringing that Rashida. It's, it's so, it's beautiful. That's nice, Catherine, but you're not getting rid of me in seven years. <laughs> You'll be the other 50%. You'll be the other 50%. I yeah. see that Janice has a question. She's raised her hand. Yes, Janice. Yes. Hi. Good rising, everyone. Hi. Um, yeah. Um, I've been on the huddle and she um she kind of makes sure of that because um I wake up very early in the morning somehow that's how life has me, and then I go back to sleep. So she's like, Oh, you're not on yet? And then I have to get up and do what I need to do. So she pulls me on this, and this is Rashida Wright that I'm talking about. And um, you know, um I just had some, um, a lot of friendship like problems as I was younger. So when I grew up, I never wanted to have any friends. And if it was a friend, it was like a far off friend that I can call, but not someone that I need to see every day. So as I got older, I got into the Bible and it says, in order to have a friend, you have to show yourself friendly. So that's when I started to reach out, but I would definitely go within or I have a feeling as soon as I meet this person, I can kind of tell what type of person this is. And it just seems like the day that I met Rashida, it was like uh, uh, a magnet, you know? I mean, we just joined together and that was it. It's like, she trusted me and it was there. I guess that was all she wrote. So I just really trust her and I just love her as a sister. And I'm glad I'm on Daily Huddle for all the it's like speakers that I have spoken to. And it just it's just beautiful to have a friend. 
and I'm here at her house now. <laughs> and and anytime that I want to get away from the big city, her house is always open to me. And then I said, I know she had projects to do. And as a friend, I came down really to discuss some business with her. But um, a friend, I thought a friend was a friend for life as I was younger into, I just didn't want friends. But as mm -hmm. I got older, I learned to have friends in different areas of my life. And like she said, you could call on this one for this one. This one might. Oh, thank you for sharing that. And you, you make a, such a beautiful point. Absolutely. Oh. Thank you so much. Thank you, Janice. Thank you. Thank you. Tom, Tom has a question. Oh, uh, Catherine Terry, good morning. Um, yeah, really, really good topic. And, you know, Catherine, you touched on this a, a minute ago. I just want to go a little further. What um, uh, Marissa was touching on, uh, she was contrasting adults and kids and, and making friends. And for kids, a lot of times it's, it's quite easy. One of the main reasons is they have so many unplanned but frequent times together. It's just how their days are set up, whether it be at school, other types of of, of activities, but as adults, we really have to be intentional. We have to plan for those times to be together. We have to plan for the outreach. Uh, then we, then through that, we can have, you know, sufficient frequency of, of interaction. So I, I know we've, we've said the word intentionality in several ways uh, today, and, and, and it often comes up in, in other sessions. Uh, but, but that's one thing that really stuck with me. So if we're turning over friends as much, it, it, we really do need to be conscious of, well, what are we doing to, to, to meet, to, you know, to, to nurture and, and to sustain uh, friendships? Yeah, it's a really good point. Um, and thanks for bringing it because I, for a while, would think of friendships as like, or, or going out with friends as like my fun time. You know, I could do it if I had time and didn't have anything else to do, you know, instead of carving out time to do that, because it's so important to be with friends. And, you know, what happens when you aren't with friends is just naturally it's, they, you know, they start to go away. They stop calling, they stop asking, you know, or you just don't see them as often. So you lose that connection, the thread of knowing what's happening in their lives. Yeah. And so I think it is really important. So I you know, have recently shifted into going, okay, no, this is an investment of my time. And who do I want to invest in? Who do I want to spend time with? And it's an investment in me because this is a part of my life that I need. It's not just my, you know, nice to have. I need it. I need these friends, you know, especially when I need them. Yeah. That's the thing, you know, well, I know I need and this them. also touches on last week, uh, Terry, you brought up John Fitch and Noble Leisure. The whole idea of hey, we can have recreation or we can have some enjoyment time. But if we if we aren't thoughtful about planning for that and being intentional, we're not going to come anywhere near the level of enjoyment that we could have. And so there's a very clear overlap here with friendships. If we're intentional, then, then we can really develop the relationship and, and sustain it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, Catherine, I wonder what you think too, taking this a little bit more, a little bit deeper is um, for me, I need one-on-one -on -one time in order to really develop an intimate, trusted, vulnerable relationship. What, what, how do you look at one-on-one -on -one time and the value of it? Mm -hmm. For me, I'm the same. 
that one-on-one time is when I really can truly get vulnerable. The bigger the group starts to get, you know, it starts to feel a little less intimate. Well, it's definitely less intimate and less, unless you've got a group with that solid base. I, I think it's different for everybody. I know people who love, I don't know if this points to introvert, extrovert, but I know people who love that group setting. And um, I was just at a engagement party for my sister over the weekend and saw some people I hadn't seen in, oh gosh, decades probably, but friends of my stepmoms and it's her women's group and they've known each other for 30 years or more and they get together regularly and they have a, you know, annual trip. And so I think if you could build a bond in a group like that, I haven't experienced it in that way. Mm -hmm. um, Then you could probably have that type of intimacy. But even within the group, you're always going to have people who connect more with others, you know, one-on-one. So for me, I do think that one-on-one time is so important. Yeah, it makes me think back to, and let's take this a little bit and even to business relationships. Um, I used to go on sales calls, you know, especially in the beginning of my career and managers were always wanting to come with me and can't make that connect, that same connection with somebody. I don't believe when there's somebody else sitting there wanting to talk about differentiating factors when I'm trying to get to know somebody and build some trust first. Mm-hmm. So um, we're, we're a little bit, we're, we're getting close on time and, you know, it's important to both of us to leave some clear information or thoughts that gives people reason to pause or something to apply. And I, I, to me, I want to go back to our question for a minute. How are you fueling your confidence? And as I mentioned, we gave this a lot of thought. And what is the opposite of confidence? Insecurity, right? Mm-hmm. So if we're going to fuel our confidence, we first have to face our insecurity. And when we face it with a trusted friend that we trust and respect, that's how we fuel our confidence. And I'm living proof. <laughs> I love it. That's a, It's really a mic drop for me because when you say that, because it is so true. When we show up trying to hide our insecurities, we're not being vulnerable and we're not making true connection. And if we show up embracing them or ready for them to show up if we need them, knowing that we're going to be met on the other side with love and acceptance and appreciation, then you have everything you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I, I don't want to um, this to be ever misinterpreted, though, that, you know, there are areas in our lives where we feel proud and capable and confident. Mm-hmm. those are just as important to share with friends too, right? Like we can't always be like, oh no, not me. No, no, no. We, mm-hmm. we need to own our confidence with those trusted friendships and then have the courage to share what we're insecure about. And I think that's where confidence can grow and not to be confused with arrogance because right. to me, that's not, not something any of us are after. And that is the opposite of building truly authentic relationships. But to believe in our ability We need to share where we're not confident with someone we trust and respect. Absolutely. It's beautiful. Looks like Ronald has something for us. Yeah, just a quick question. I mean, that's a great story for you to drop in corporate, you know, like that. Um, Did you see, I mean, between your time and your conversation with Catherine, did you see a window of opportunity that, that you just like, you know, that is, that's it. I, I'm, I'm going to jump in, you know, whereas um, you you did not, whether, whether you, you contribute the, the success of that with your conversation with Catherine, or did you see a window of opportunity that it's like, 
it is by all means i'm gonna get this so i might as well jump mm -hmm. I, I would like to be able to say yes but i'll tell you how both of these exceptional opportunities um came my way is the people heard me speak and when they approached me each of the people with the big corporations um my confidence in that conversation is what made it turn into a meeting and eventually okay. hopefully closing some really exciting sales. So it wasn't that I did some proactive outreach toward corporations, because um, as you know, relationships are everything. But when these folks approached me, I mean, this this is not overstating it. I had Catherine in my ear, like, absolutely, you can do this. And I think it gave me more of a sense of authenticity to listen better to the person to be more curious and then when they were ready to listen i was quite confident in the value that i could bring got it got it so i manifested yes. it <laughs> yes got it got it yeah thank you and that's uh, that's exactly the answer i was looking for you know because because I, I think i think um at some point in time a situation almost similar is happening to me mm -hmm. that way and I was just like, you know, this is kind of the blessing that that's coming up, and and you just don't know if you don't jump and 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 get it, you know. Um, just so I give you an idea, I, I did a project with a guy a long time ago, and this guy recently um, introduced me to another friend, to a friend of his, and say, hey, Ronald can take care of you. Next thing I know, I'm designing a 5,000 square foot home, um, wow. which I've never really put my hand. I mean, I've done a lot of commercial, but, you know, um, taking a long to to really do a 5,000 square foot home with a swimming pool on the back is like, damn, you know, it was like, but, you know, the same situation um, came up is like, there's a, there's a window and then there is in my mind, it's like, okay, you can't handle this because mm -hmm. you've been doing it for other folks. Why can't you do it for yourself? I mean, what can you do it, you know, in a, in a, you know, in a real setting? And and then, you know, be, be that it is me. I mean, my clients have been happy. You know, my clients have been happy. And by March, I should have a 5,000 square foot home built in, in Conyers. Ah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's so cool. Thank you for sharing that, Ronald. That is just, yeah. Yes. I mean, congratulations. I, that is, yeah. Fantastic. Thank you. Because yeah, so. I, I, I like, I like that friendship. And that was a perfect platonic friendship. I mean, it's a business relationship. We, we met a couple of times for, you know, drinks and stuff and, you know, probably lunch once, but you know, the guy just throw it at me. And and then, you know, the other level, and I'll be quick, the other level of confidence is I sent this drawing to a friend of mine and he said, damn, Ronald, you give him a lot. This is freaking good. I said, shit. Yeah. I'm sorry for my... <laughs> That's okay. We've already been there today. <laughs> yeah. Said, That's said, great. Really? That's the kind of friend you need. That's what we're talking you know, about. Yeah. Fantastic. That that was a friend that fueled your confidence. So I yeah, will uh, leave us with this uh, conversation. Thank you so much, Ronald, for sharing that. I couldn't be happier for you. As you yeah. know, be a friend first. Um, look to fuel someone else's confidence, and then give them the same opportunity. Share your insecurities, 
with people that you trust and you respect their wisdom. And, you know, confidence is not, um, it's not stagnant. It, you know, it depletes and we have to refill it. So let's keep those friendships continuing to be nurtured. And I'll close us out with Patty Dabrowski's Seven Tenants. Thank you all. See you next time on The Daily Huddle. We love you all. Thank you, everybody. Uh, thank you. Great day. At The Daily Huddle, we agree that the best way to kick off the day is to adhere to Patty Dabrowski's seven principles for having a happy body, sexy skin, a laughing spirit, and a rewarding life. Give. Give of your time, your full attention, and of your unique talents. Move. Move your body to keep it feeling energized and alive. Eat mostly plants. Plants are the purest fuel to help you reach your full potential each day. Sleep. Sleep is how the body repairs itself and readies us to give us our best every day. Stress less. According to John Perkins, stress is just a problem without a solution. Choose your solution and dismiss the stress. Laugh. Laugh out loud. From your belly to your chest and with your head tossed back, you will fire up your endorphins and bring more energy to everyone around you. Love. Most of all, love. With your words, your thoughts, your actions, Power them with love and watch the way you experience life elevate to all it can be. We thank you for joining us on The Daily Huddle. We are a growing tribe of passionate professionals seeking to inspire a new generation of leaders. Until next time, go out and share your unique ability to impact the world. See you next time.